Hey, my name is Dee Thompson, and thank you for joining me for Sisters Doing Life Together podcast. On this podcast, I will have candid conversations with amazing and courageous women like yourself who will share how the challenges they have faced have helped them to grow deeper in their faith, become better sister friends, and the lessons they have learned. I hope you will be encouraged and inspired to experience the beauty of a loving and supportive community, which we call the sisterhood, and that you will continue to grow and your love and faith for Jesus as you open your heart to experience the power of His transforming love. If you haven't done so already, would you please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment if possible on either Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And when you subscribe, you will be notified of each new episode that will post on the 1st and the 15th of each month. If you would like to become one of our Sisterhood supporters, please take a moment to read the ways in which you can give in the episode description. I hope you will enjoy listening and being a part of this community where vulnerability is encouraged, transparency is celebrated, and freedom is where we have chosen to live. Hey, girlfriend. Well, February is the month of love. And by the time you hear this episode, we will have celebrated Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, and possibly even Single Awareness Day. And this was another disappointing year for you. You were hoping that this year would be different from last year, that you would have someone special in your life, that possibly you would have gotten engaged or maybe even married, and it just didn't happen. And you've been waiting and hoping. Well, my guest today knows exactly what it's like to wait and to hope. Her name is Rosa Merriman, and she got married for the very first time at the age of 69. And she just celebrated her six-year anniversary to Pastor Ken Merriman. I wanted to talk with her because I wanted to encourage you, while being encouraged myself, that there are times that we wait for something and it doesn't happen when we plan. But just because it didn't happen when we plan doesn't mean it's not going to. I wanted to also find out from her, like, what was it like to wait? Did she lose hope while waiting? Did she become discouraged while waiting? What was her posture waiting? After listening to this episode, I hope you will be encouraged just as I was, knowing that the thing that you're believing for, the thing that you're praying for, if God is giving you a promise, it's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Mama Koo, and welcome to Sisters Doing Black Together podcast. And I'm so thankful that you decided that you would come on and share your beautiful love story with us today. So I just want to say welcome. Oh, it's good to be here with you. Very, very good. I'm excited. Me too, because I think your story is so beautiful and exciting and encouraging and inspiring. And I can think of some more adjectives. Look, I'm thinking that people will come up with their own as they listen to your story. So I want to just give people a proper introduction of who you are and what you mean to me. As I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, I want people to know how special you are. That the invitation that was extended to you is one, because of what you've been in my life. You've been an inspiration. You've been a woman of faith. Yet You walked it out. I love the fact that you, you know, we don't have to wonder what you're thinking. If you say something, you mean what you say and you say what you mean. I love that about you. When the Bible says that the older women should teach the younger women, that I think that sometimes in the world in which we live, that we can miss the opportunity to learn from women like you. So I just want to tell you before we start the conversation, how much I admire you, how much I love you. And I thank you for coming on, not just because I'm doing the podcast, but because you would come and share your story with us. So thank you again. Oh, and you're more than welcome. I'm, I'm ecstatic about uh, being able to share just snippets of 
what God has done and continues to do. And I, first of all, I want to say thank you for being in my life. You are so welcome. Same here. Okay, so let me calm myself down so I can talk. So this episode is about something that I think is absolutely beautiful. And it's about love. I'm that girl. I watch Hallmark movies. I know what's going to happen. I know that in the beginning, they're going to meet in between the beginning and the end. They're going to have some type of disagreement or something's going to happen. But ultimately, they're going to get back together. I know that. And people ask, well, you know what's going to happen? Why do you watch it? It doesn't matter. It's about love. And I think love is absolutely beautiful. And so your love story, I think, is absolutely beautiful because you got married for the very first time at 69. How that happened and everything, not everything, you can't tell everything, but just giving us, as you said, the snippets of what God was able to do is what we're going to talk about today and how, um, where you are now uh, after being married because you just celebrated your six-year anniversary to Pastor Ken. The reason we call her Mama Koo is because her last name was Kusak. And I started thinking like, you know what? I need to change that because her name is Merriman now. And so I'm going to have to come up with another name, Mama something that will then be inclusive of your new name. And so we'll start with you're married for six years now. You got married for the very first time at 69 to Pastor Ken. Tell us, how did you meet? Actually, we met through uh, an old neighbor. A young lady lived that lived in the neighborhood. Lived with, actually, she lived right across the street from me. When she moved there, she was married. Then she was divorced, and you know, we just formed a bond. And her son would be my little go-to person to help me if I needed help around the house. And um, they would look out for me as I was staying alone. I was living alone. We formulated a relationship at that point, and um, she then moved to another city. And in that city, she worked with the hospital system and she was uh, doing her normal work duties. And that's when she met my now husband. She declared to me that she was a matchmaker. She said, oh, Miss Rosa, everybody that I put together um, have gotten married. And and I hope when she when she told me about him, she said, and I know somebody that's perfect for you. She said, however, I introduced him to another friend of mine. But if it doesn't work out, I'm going to introduce him to you. And I said, oh, OK, honey, that'll be fine. <laughs> well, you didn't sound like you're too enthusiastic about it. I wasn't. I wasn't. But because she was excited about it, you know, I just acknowledged the fact that she cared enough about me to be concerned about my singleness. Okay. Yeah. And so after she said that she has this person that she thought that you would be perfect for, and if it didn't work out, so apparently it didn't work out with the other person because you're married to him now. So, yes, right. (laughs) And so how did it go from, I can talk to somebody else, but now he's in a place where I can connect you guys. How did that happen? Well, you know me and and my perspective on things. Um, I went before the Lord. I talked to him about um, my singleness and didn't get serious about wanting to be married or to have a husband, not a partner, a husband. I like that clarification. Yes, yes. Um, when I was 60 years old, as I'm thinking about it, I, I want to I want to throw out 
a question, and that is, whenever you believe in God for something, someone, some, and whatever you're believing him for, please know that there's an adversary out there that will always try to bluff your blessing with a counterfeit. Now, in saying that, I met another gentleman who was just as handsome as he could be. He was a Christian, but somehow I just wasn't as sure. So I watched, like the Bible says, I watched and I prayed. (laughs) And as I watched and I prayed, I realized that something had gone awry. Because when someone starts neglecting you and finding excuses for not being with you, then really that's abuse. And I realized that. So I was able to talk to the Lord about it. I fasted about it. And I heard the spirit of the Lord tell me, treat him the way that he's treating you. In other words, you're acting like um, you're trying to control me. You're trying to manipulate me by not talking to me or calling me or making yourself available to me like you once did. So then now I'm not going to talk to you and I'm going to go on about my life and about my business. And I can say from the depths of my very being that that was the very first time in my life that I was ever out of a relationship and wasn't broken in the process. Okay. It was a smooth transition. It was almost like we never met. So God, oh my God. Anyway, getting back to me and the real one. I like that, the real one. So I waited. There was about a three-year period. From, okay, between the, when you the louder, fit, okay. Yeah, from the powder set to the prophet. And I just continued to make God my absolute, you know, I think it's in the book of Isaiah where he tells us that he will be our husband. Mm-hmm. And... I made him my husband because he could never be guilty of non-support. So I just gave him all of me in the process. When this young lady got really happy about wanting to introduce me, Mm -hmm. it didn't because I hadn't heard God say, God told me he was going to give me a husband. I heard that in my spirit. He told me that. I was solid on that, but I wasn't looking for any more. Can I ask you a question? And so before we get to how you actually got, you know, talked to Pastor Ken and met him, when you're waiting for the promise, you said from counterfeit to promise, and you didn't get serious until you were 60, up until the age of 60, because the average age is, I've been looking it up as to what is the average age for someone getting married now? And I think it said in the U.S. Census for 2021 that the average age is 28. So you got married at 69. You didn't get serious until you were 60. Between, you know, what is considered the average age and when you say, okay, God, I'm really serious. What were you doing that, you know, marriage was not like forefront in your mind? Because most women are thinking about that. Maybe not all of the time, but thinking like, I do want to get married. I, I do want to spend my life with someone. So what were you doing during that time? I made myself very busy mm-hmm. uh, going to seminars and getting in the word and being very active in my church. Okay. And uh, now, now don't misunderstand me. There was in the beginning, there was a moment when I was every man that I met. It was like, God, is he the one? 
is he the one? Is he the one? Is he the one? You know, and when you get to know me, I'm not the most um, patient person in the world. And I just got tired of on that being on that roller coaster. And I said, okay, God, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait for the promise. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, God, then that's exactly what I do. But in the process, I'm going to give you everything I've got. I I don't have um, an ultimate plan. I just plan to give you all of me. As much of me as I know to give you is what I will give you. And that's what happened. Now, was that, a, that, was that the conversation that you had with God at 60 when you, like, you, you were serious about a husband, but you were also not going to be focused on as every man the one. Your focus was going to be more, was going to be on God and your relationship with him. Or had you may, had that conversation with God prior to that? The conversation was prior. Okay. Just prior, much, much earlier than six. Okay. It was early on when I knew that I could believe God for a husband. Okay. And I just got tired. I mean, okay, God, this seems like I'm teeter-tottering with this thing. So either it's yours or it's mine. And I don't want it because I've made too many mistakes in my life and in relationship, the male-female relationship, made too many mistakes. But at 60 was when after selling out to God and living and doing all that I felt to do being true to who I am in this relationship with God. When I became 60, what I thought about, okay, God, I'm a senior citizen now. And I don't want to spend my old age alone. I see. I can do single with my eyes closed. But I don't want to do senior single by myself. I do want someone to share my old age with. That was the point of the committal to listening and moving and being obedient to what the Lord was speaking to my heart according to his word. Okay. So it sounds like at 60, it was solidified. I am truly believing God that the promise is coming. Not You don't, you don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but you're solidified. I'm going to believe God for a husband, even at 60. Because, you know, at 60, most people look at a woman at 60, a woman in her 50s like myself, and even younger. If you're not, like I said, that age of 28, like I was looking up the word spinster, and that usually refers to a woman who's older in age, considered sometimes past married, uh, age of getting married, and possibly never getting married. And it said the counterpart to that word is bachelor. So you can see the connotation, like for a woman, she may be a spinster or old age or old maid or those things that they call a woman who hasn't gotten married. But a man can be the same age and he's just considered to be a confirmed bachelor. So while you're waiting up until 60 and, you know, even beyond 60, were there times that people said things to you that could have discouraged you in your weight? Oh, Donna, I was a lesbian. You haven't heard those kind of things before. Well, I've never seen her with a man. She She's something wrong with her. She's a lesbian. And that's the other thing, like, because you don't have a husband yet, that they consider that there's something wrong with you. And then sometimes as women, we internalize that and we start looking at ourselves like, what is wrong with me? Why hasn't someone, quote unquote, chosen me? Am I not good enough? Instead of understanding that 
just because you're not married yet doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you at all. Nothing at all. And then the next one is your standards are too high. You need to lower your standards. You need to put on some cute clothes and go out and make yourself available. But I, that wasn't what God was speaking to me because at the end of the day, as I went on in this process, I began to pray differently. And the prayer began to sound after, after I met that counterfeit, uh-huh. the, prayer, the prayer focus changed just a bit. And I went before the Lord and I asked him, I said, God, okay, God, I'm your daughter. How do you want me to pray for my husband? I began to read different articles and everything. And I read, read an article by, uh, by Dr. David Cho, David Yonggi Cho. And he was talking about how this young lady came to him wanting to be married. And he didn't pray for her right away. He told her to go and make her a 10 item list of her non-negotiables. He asked her what was, she was a school teacher. Um, she was, she taught music. He asked her to take all of those things under consideration. And when she made her list to come back to him and then he <laughs> prayed for her. And that's what happened. So when I heard that, it was like bells, bells and whistles and sirens went off in my spirit. I said, okay, write the vision, make it plain. Um, Those who read it, they can take it and run with it. So I said, okay, God, I'll do that. So I 10 item list of non-negotiables. Then I, I, I consulted the, the Lord, the whole, through the spirit of the Lord, I consulted him. And said, well, how shall I pray? I have the list. How shall I pray? I'm your daughter, God. And I know how daddy loves his girls. So how shall I pray? And the beautiful, still, small voice of the Spirit of the Lord, I heard, ask for a son. (laughs) When you think about it, you know, all of us, if we say we belong to God, but a son is a real son is dedicated to his daddy and adheres to the law of his mother. I hear you. So I began to pray for a son along with my 10 item list. With your non-negotiables. You have your non-negotiables and a son and a son is someone who's dedicated to his father. Mm -hmm. I hear you. So I just followed through with everything, but the key was that I listened to the Holy Spirit along the way. Mm-hmm. I didn't try to make anything happen. I didn't try to force anything. I didn't put myself out there because, see, the problem came when I put myself out there in the beginning. That's where all the hurt, the pain, the disappointment came. And I lived holy. Without holiness, no man shall see God. And may I put a little note in there? I think that our, our beautiful ebony queens do themselves such an injustice by sharing their jewels. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Not calling men swine, but I'm just saying that as an example. Your purity is priceless. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's priceless. And, and if I had to break it down... That can be a negotiating tool, honey, because if he wants you, he will wait for you. 
And that has to be, you know, making a decision, you know, before you even end the relationship is that you're non-negotiable, which it should be. You don't don't want to wait until you're in a relationship and the emotions are there, the physical attraction is there and trying to make up your mind like what you will or will not do, making up your mind before that these are your non-negotiables. And I think that sometimes people even believe that as women, you know, I've heard people say that because he's a man, we give like this carte blanche, like, well, that's men are visual and they they think about being with someone intimately and, and not considering that if we're all human beings and we're all sexual beings that God created us that way, it doesn't mean that you don't have a desire, but you made a decision that your focus was going to be, I want to put my relationship with God at the forefront. And so the standard is when people say, Lord, your standard, you are saying that I need to go against what God has said is his standard. That's absolutely correct. Everything that God, every word that God has given us to live this marvelous life in him has depth and it has meaning and it has an outcome. And the thing that breaks my heart today is that I see as, as I said, our beautiful queen feeling like they will be lonely for the rest of their lives because they don't submit themselves to giving up their jewels. So how did you, you know, were there moments where you were lonely? Because you said you became serious at 60, but you didn't get sure. nine. Sure. So how did you deal with those moments that you were lonely? Um, I sealed them up okay. with God. I filled them up doing doing God's business. Mm-hmm. We get royalty points for doing God's stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, early on, I just, I made God a commitment, Donna, because I'd look for love in all the wrong places. And I fell on my knees in the beginning at, at the foot of my bed, and I promised God. And I did it. You know, some people will say, well, that's not the way you approach God. But God accepts us as who we are and the way we come to him because he can see our hearts. He knows when we're serious about what we're talking about. I'm a person of commitment. So, see, God knew that if he could get me to make a commitment, then I was going to live by that. And I fell at the foot of my bed and I said, God, if you give me a husband, I won't let another man touch me until you. And that was that was. That was it. And, and that was before 60 now, right? I was, I was 32 years old. Okay. And I wanted to say that because sometimes people think, well, well you're older. That's, that's the reason why. And you're saying that even in your early 30s, that you made a commitment to God that I want to live according to your standard. And if you give me a husband, I'm making this commitment to you. I'm going to honor you in the waiting because we can wait. But you said early on, but you said you waited quietly. There's a scripture and I think it's Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. So it's not about just waiting because we can be waiting and anxious. And the only reason we're waiting is because it hasn't happened yet. Not because we're settled in our heart that this is the this is the path that God would have me to go. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to trust him in that. And so it sounds like there was this trust factor in there as well. Absolutely. And I was not going to renege on my promise to God. I don't renege on my premises to 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 mankind. So I'm definitely I definitely was not gonna renege on a promise to God. Because he's and now, Yes. 
And I love that. You like, if I won't renege on my promise to a person, I'm definitely not going to do it to God. And so that commitment, and I have seen that commitment. So that's one of the things that I am thankful for that I've get, gotten to see you walk this out. We've had beautiful, honest conversations and it's always been the same. And you're always encouraging me as a woman who's believing God as well to just stay committed to God and do it God's way. And so I thank you for that, that it wasn't as though you were saying one thing and living another. And the Bible talks about being a living epistle. You are that to be read by women of all ages and saying that if God gives you a promise, he will honor his word. Thank you. So Pastor Ken, let's get to Pastor Ken. Um, well, I, wish say smile. I wish you say a smile, everyone. I wish you could. So he tells you about him. It didn't work out with the lady, of course. And so how did you guys initially meet when it didn't work out with the other young lady? Well, <laughs> he told me later on, well, he told me after um, we were married that um, when she told him that she had someone that she wanted him to meet, her name was Rosa and she lived in Colombia. And with the other relationship going south, he said his response was, thank you, but no thank you. Has the kids have had enough? Have had enough. But being the son that he is, he was believing God for a wife. He gave her a chance, but he was believing God for a wife. And when that didn't happen, Holy Spirit leads, guides, and teaches us into all. Mm -hmm. And Holy Spirit wouldn't let up on it. Because every time he was walking around saying, no, thank you, Holy Spirit was, was reminding him, Rosa in Colombia, and he said it, he, Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go when he, when he was least, when he least expected, he heard Rosa, Colombia. So finally he said, God, is she the one? Mm -hmm. And evidently God told him, yeah, because it was on Labor Day, Labor Day in 2016. The young lady who introduced us called him and she told him, she said, you're taking too long. You, you, you're just taking too long. Now, I told you about Miss Rosa and you're taking too long and she wouldn't let it go. Right. And um, he said, oh, he, he said he started laughing and said, oh, you know what? I made up my mind that I was going to call you tomorrow. And she said, well, tomorrow is later than today. I'm talking to you. <laughs> and so he told her, um, okay, well, um, ask her if it's okay for you to give her my number and um, tell her, I'll, I'll give you both my numbers and tell her that she can call me anytime she um, has time to talk. And so she immediately hung up the phone and she called me back. Mr. Rosa, Mr. Rosa, Mr. Rosa, he's going to call you. He's going to call you in the next five or 10 minutes. He's going to call you. He's going to call you. Don't take a long, long time to answer the phone, Mr. Rosa. Got to help both of you out. He'll ban you. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the phone saying, what? I knew God was going to do it. but um, And then when we hung up, when she told me she gave me his numbers and everything, I said, okay, now, honey. I told her just like that. Okay, now, honey, I don't call me. She said, well, okay, all right. Well, well, let me go ahead and call him back. Let me call him back. So when she called him back, that was when she told him that I don't call men. Now, and that's when she 
He's going to call you in about five minutes. At five or ten minutes, yes. And okay. sure enough, he did. And we talked about three hours. Oh wow! And at the end of at the end of our conversation, both of us were fully convinced that we were the answers to both our prayers. I knew that he was my husband, and he knew that I was his wife. Now, when did you guys say that to each other that you were that you knew after that three hour conversation? When we said to each other, maybe after we met, because there was a two week period that went by that we did not see each other. All we had were conversations. I, we we spoke the first time, and two weeks later, because he was he was um, in school and he was he was having his finals. And he told me, he said, I can't come to see you this weekend because he, well, he lived in another city, as I said. He said, I can't come to see you this weekend, but uh, I can come next weekend. I said, well, that'll be fine. But uh, from that first, from that initial conversation, we have not missed one day talking since then. And to, to actually talk about, talk on when did we admit to each other that we knew? It was the first time we met. Oh, wow. It was the first time that we met face to face. He he knocked on the door and, and look, I was sitting home saying, oh, Lord, suppose he heard you. That's a man on his right. And you had not seen a picture of him yet. You just all talked to him. Oh, oh, oh I had nothing but a voice. I love the voice now. <laughs> and um, I, I said, oh, Oh, my goodness. It was as I was sitting there waiting for him to arrive, I heard uh, the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. It is well. And he had told me, he said, I know you might be wondering about how I live. He said, but I don't think you'd be disappointed. But go on, Pastor Ken. Be confident. <laughs> I like it. But um, that particular, on that particular day, um, he came over around 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And... Uh, had a half dozen of yellow and red roses in front of his face as I opened the door. And then when I opened the door, he pulled the roses back and said, oh, so I'm going to just assume that you were not disappointed. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't. I wasn't. And not in the least, not in the least, uh, because I saw his character before I saw his face. That's good. Because, you know, we can look at those things, those physical attributes that we may each have. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to be the same, especially as we get older. Things change. Things move around on us. But character is more important than that. Yes. But he's a handsome guy. I mean, that I've seen him. Yes. Yeah. But I fell in love with the Jesus in him. Mm, because I, I felt like I was falling when I realized he was the one. I went to my pastor and I told her, I said, you know, you've never heard me. And we'd been friends for a long, 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 ever since we were young women. I said, you mm -hmm. never heard me say anything like this before, but I met my husband. And she haphazardly said, well, oh, no, you haven't said that before. You know, but, but you I, were sure. Was, and that's what's important. Yeah. Because let me tell you, the spirit of the Lord goes from breast to breast. I knew the Holy Ghost when he was talking to me. Mm -hmm. Right, because if you have this relationship with God, you That's absolutely correct. So, I, and I used to hear people say, I knew it from the beginning. I said, oh, oh man, you don't. 
you can't know that, but it's real and it's true. Somebody just said that to me recently as well. Like somebody told them like, you'll know it. I can't, I can't tell you how you'll know, but you'll just know. So you're just saying it. You just knew. My husband like, you're knowing. Yes, that's right. So how long after the meeting with him showing up at the door with the rosa, was it before, I know that you both knew when you met, was it before the proposal? And tell us what that was like. Okay, we met September of 2016. We got engaged New Year's, December 31st of 2016. We got married January 14th of 2017. So we dated four months. And um, when he proposed to me that New Year's Eve, um, we talked briefly on the fact that I said, I don't want a long engagement because it gives you too much room to get in trouble. I hear what you, I hear you and I understand. Yeah. We remember purity is God's idea of relationship. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be God's idea, God's promise, and God's manifestation. So no, I don't want to be married. I don't want to be engaged for a long time. So after I said yes, and that was a story in itself, after I said yes, um, we talked on it. And um, he said, well, I tell you what. He said, why don't you just set a date and then we'll move toward that date. I said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I started praying about, okay, God, jam me do. And I, I, in God's numbering system, I'm, I'm really up on it. You know, I like the, I like seven, his perfect number. So I said, okay, God, if seven's your perfect number, then I'm going to go for 14. <laughs> it's a double. I was a double my blessing. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and, um, and, and we had our wedding the, the 14th of January at high noon at 12 o'clock. That's God's governmental law. So I had all of that in mind when I, when I was doing that. And I, I feel like I was led by the Holy Spirit because, I mean, it, it was, you were there. So I was. It was a beautiful <laughs> wedding. I was. I got to witness it. So, yeah, just to be there to see it. And, and after, as I said, we've had conversations along the way, even prior to you meeting Pastor Ken, getting engaged and getting married about your waiting. And I appreciate one of the things that I really appreciate about you is your transparency and honesty. And that even in our conversations, just talking through what it was like to wait and just encouraging me that God, like you always said, God will do it for you. And then I got to see it, that God did it for you, which encourages my heart as well. And I'm hoping it will encourage those that are listening as well, that even though you may have been waiting and it may seem like the wait is like, so sometimes it can feel like it's excruciating. Like I've been waiting and waiting and I get tired of waiting. And when is it going to happen? I like what you said, going back to Lamentations, I waited quietly on the Lord, that if God has given us a promise, he'll do it. And we get to talk to, listen to, I get to hear about the promise that God gave you and see the manifestation of it as well. So what has married life been like for you? Like getting married later in life, what has that been like? Well, at, at 69, you know, I could do single with my eyes closed, as I mentioned earlier. I knew how to make my husband feel appreciated. I knew, I knew how to be the godly wife. I knew how to be the 
Proverbs 31 wife. The hardest part for me was to incorporate another totally different personality into my work. So it took one kind of faith for me to believe God for a husband, but it takes another kind of faith to believe God to have a good working, amicable relationship with a husband because you're with them 24-7. You see their good things. You see their not-so-good things. And you have to understand that we have a real adversary. And I say that to say, we can, you, in a relationship, you can be talking about something so simple as trash, what you use for a trash bag or whatever or whatever. I'm just using that as an example. And it can be blown out of proportion. I mean, that's something very simple because <laughs> that was, that was something for me. Because I'm going, oh, wait a minute, hold up. It's all miscommunication. Like you say something. That is correct. So the communication is of the essence. Mm -hmm. And the way that you can do that is to get to know who you're married to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had um, your godmother, my goddaughter, told me, you know, with her analytical way of verbalizing about something, she said, well, if you need to um, be informed about how men think or whatever, then study it. That sounds like passing the cold one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> find out how they think. Find out this. Find out the other. And I did. And it helped mm -hmm. me. Oh, Lord, it helped me. But at the same time, I'm not a hard person to get along with. A lot of people think I am because I'm very meticulous about a lot of things. But I'm not hard to get along with. What might be important to somebody else might just be a thing of power for me. And I don't buy into, I don't like arguing. I rather, look, I'm a good Christian lady, but before I got saved, I'd rather hit somebody than to argue. <laughs> so arguing is not your thing. It is not my thing. And I don't want to apologize for anything. So what I've learned to do is study to be quiet. If I think that he's upset about something and it's that means to, to me, that means it's important to him or or I'm touching on something that's still a, a nerve, touching a nerve of, of the past, mm -hmm. then I just be quiet. I just let him say whatever he wants to say. If, and when he's calm about it, then I'll. I'll address it in a very nice, loving way. And then I give him a big kiss and go on about my business. Right here. Yeah. So as we're coming to the end of this conversation, which is, I think, could go on and on, um, just your love story. And I um, told you when I wanted you to come and share um, what God did in your life, I said that I wanted to entitle the podcast episode, A Love Worth Waiting For. So I want to Go back to something we had um, talked about before. What made Pastor Ken a love worth waiting for? Well, he's a kind man. He's a gentle man. He loves God and he loves me. And, you know, I've expressed to you before, sometimes when I'm just sitting here and sometimes we sit on chair, watch TV together, and I can just feel God loving me through that man. I mean, 
just the gentleness of his voice and oh, I, I just, the intimacy of it all is just, it's just so beautiful. And he's patient and he's understanding. He walked me through our first couple of years of being married and um, sold me on the idea of the fact that when, when you get married, you're no longer two people, you're one. And he would always tell me, honey, sweetheart, you're thinking like two now, but you're supposed to be thinking like And he would say it so beautifully, sweet, until I just have to give consideration to that along with praying. Mm-hmm. Takes one, like I said, it takes one faith to believe God for a husband. It takes another faith to believe God for marriage, to live with someone, to get to know them, to get to know them, to get to know them, even though it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It's mm-hmm. still doable because both of us have the same father. And you mentioned earlier about me being forthright in my conversation and in my deeds or whatever. And I've always been the kind of person I say what I feel because I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to lie to you and I'm not going to lie to myself. So the Lord spoke to my heart early on in that it, when I met him, don't be mean to him. And you listen. So, you know, God can speak to us, but will we be obedient to listen? Because the blessing comes with in obedience. That's and, so, and it sounds like Pastor Ken, you know, I haven't had as many conversations with him as I have with you. Um, but he's a wise, sounds like he's a wise man as well. Like you said, he was gentle and kind in his approach to you and walking you out. Like you said, he sold you on the idea. Um, as how he treated you as you were learning how to navigate this new season in your life. And um, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful love story and why he was a love worth waiting for that can encourage the hearts of others who are waiting as well. That if God has given you a promise, when that promise is manifested in your life, you will say it was worth the wait. Thank you so much, Mama Koo, for coming in and talking with me today. Oh, it was indeed my pleasure. Indeed, my pleasure. And I will say one other thing before I let you go and let your audience leave. Do not date beneath your privilege. Don't do it. Wait on God. Wait on God. It's worth the wait, babies. It's worth it. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom. And thank you for listening in today. I hope as you're listening that if you're waiting for a promise, whether it's a husband, a job, if you're waiting for whatever the promise is, that God is a promise keeping God. And as mom who has said that, you know, that she waited, not with just expectations, she waited quietly, but she waited knowing that God would honor his word. And so I appreciate you listening and please share, please share with someone as well. And until next time, this is Donna with Sisters Doing Life Together. Hope you're listening and share with someone and come back and listen again. For taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. If we're not connected yet, please follow me on Instagram at sisters underscore doing life together. And finally, will you please consider becoming a financial supporter? The ways to contribute are in the episode description. I hope you will tune in again and listen. And if you are looking for a sisterhood, I welcome you to Sisters Doing Life Together. Because when you have a sisterhood, you never have to do life by yourself. Until next time.